They blocked the punt. They blocked the punt of Bjork as it's rolling free. Pick it on up. the goal line of 49ers. Scoop it. And Talanoa Hufanga scored. Touchdown. San Francisco. Listen to me. I sound like Sean McDonough. Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs, with a touchdown for Kansas City. Touchdown! I don't know. I just got really frustrated by saying Jimmy Garoppolo is now worth a first-round pick after these two games. No, no, I will agree with you on that. Jimmy Garoppolo is now worth a first-round pick. But I will say this. Kyle Shanahan is an amazing coach, and all this talk during the regular season about whether or not he's good enough Everyone just needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Is that how you're ending it? That's how I'm ending it. Shut the fuck up. That's how you're ending it. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast. And all of them stick. Except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man, with Stephen Langford and Derek Papa. Stephen? Yeah. Good to see Eric Lee Mug again, my friend. I still can't get the timing down of that little countdown we do when we go live and I reach the thing. Still getting it. I got it. You still got to plan it out where you got to get the, the retweet thing before uh, before time runs out? Yes. Yeah, I try to do that every it's time. It's like a bomb. What? It's like a bomb. You got to react in time before it goes off and you got to time it out. You're on live. It's, it's a weird, complicated thing. Mm-hmm. MacGruber. Well, have you watched it yet? No, I still haven't. It's good. By the it's way, solid. yes. just want to let you know I'm playing Hurt right now. I got like a, I want to say it's a cracked rib. But it's like a pooled muscle, and it's right there. I was about to say, did you did you grow boobs since the last time we saw you? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean, what? you like shit lately, man. No, I was just saying, like, do you have something on you? Like, like what what's 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 up with your ribs? I don't know. I don't know what's up with it. I've just been like trying not to do anything too crazy. So I don't okay. know. I really don't right. know what's up with it. I really don't. Dude, I, I I fucked up my back uh, over the weekend. I was running on the treadmill, and then just something just snapped in the back of my back. And like all all weekend at the studio, I was just like like just like the old man, like like uh, I can't run, I can't I can't bend down, I can't do shit. Which treadmill was it? Oh, the one that works. The other one that just sits in the corner. I don't really run on. God, that's it's so <laughs> weird. At least I have both of them working. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Just your opinion, man. Steven is back. Steven, it's been too long, my friend. How how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Been going through a death in the family, which is just a struggle, but had to take the last couple of weeks off. But in the meantime, I mean, the amount of craziness that was going on, not really in the wild card weekend, but in the divisional round. Oh, and- dude. The uh, And it turns out, you know, we're, we're talking so much about Draymond Green and Steph Curry and their struggles. I think I'm the good luck charm for the Warriors. I think I am. I think I am. Well, well why do you say that? Haven't been on the air, haven't done this podcast. And in those last two weeks, 
they have played the worst basketball that they've played this season. So that's true. I'm that's true. there we go. That's okay. It. All right. If, if, if you want to, you know, anoint yourself, that is like, that's the reason then, then go for it, my friend. Yes. Bob Myers, courtside seats, pronto. I'm the good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you have missed a lot, and uh, we we will have a ton of discuss. Uh, you missed the whole thing of the ending of the Raiders season, and we'll probably do that on Thursday's show. But you brought up the divisional weekend, and it was crazy, probably the best weekend of football I've ever seen. Do, do you concur, Stephen? I can't think of a better one. Not off the top of my head or without yeah. at least researching it, but every single game, it was funny because my uh, – my family from England's been over here the past uh, the past week or so, and uh, they watched the the wild card weekend. And the Niners and Cowboys game was entertaining, so they're wondering, like, you know, they're like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." But then, like, what happened with the divisional round? Their reaction it wasn't, "Oh, this is interesting." It was, "What's the point of watching until the last five minutes?" <laughs> and it's I couldn't really argue any of that. So, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I can't really, can't really, uh, I can't really dispute that everything exciting happened in the final ten minutes of each game. But not to be a dumb American here, but wouldn't that be the case with soccer too? Oh yeah, they don't like sports in general. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they don't like sports. They don't like soccer. Whatever. It's it's okay. One of them does. My cousin does, and he had a good time watching it. But then he went on a flight on the Sunday. So he didn't watch Bucks and or he watched Bucks and Rams in some airport bar and totally missed out on Bills Chiefs. Which was oh, just God, man. probably the best game of the weekend. I it, it might be the best game as far as just two quarterbacks slinging it out that I've ever seen, honestly. Yeah. And, and yeah. we'll and we'll all get into it. But uh, we're we're waiting word. I know you're waiting word on this. I honestly am tired of this topic. It's the most cliche Bay Area thing we talk about every year. Is Barry Bonds going to make the Hall of Fame? He's probably not. But once we find out officially, we'll let you guys know. Um. I'm I'm over it because it's bullshit that he's not in, but uh, I've accepted the fact that he's not going to be in. But I know Giants fans don't you know don't accept that because it's it's stupid that he's not in. What what are your feelings on it, Stephen? Well, it's different because it's the last year of eligibility. That's why because it's they they've really gotten the entire thing wrong. That's I know, what... but it's over. It's over. Let's move I on. I know it's over, but he's my favorite player of all time, and he deserves to be recognized as the greatest of all time that he is. I know. I know. I hear you. I hear you. People are about to vote for Mark Burley over Barry Bonds on their card. Hey, Barry Bonds, Mark Burley. Hell, Scott Rowland is going to make get some more votes, probably some votes from people instead of Barry Bonds. Tim Lincecum might get some votes instead of Barry Bonds. Jeff Kent might, which is funny. Hey, enjoy the game. Ugh. But yeah, you know, it's it, you know I think there's something special in um, the fact that if he doesn't get inducted uh, today, then you can just think that the baseball Hall of Fame is a joke, and that's how it's going to be looked at after this. Sure, I mean it's going to be great that people are uh, that that other people get recognized, but the fact that Barry Bonds isn't in, how can we really take it serious? Now I, f- I felt that way for a long time, man. I think like everything from Pete Rose to Roger Clemens, and now they're going to change their tune probably on Alex Rodriguez and guys that have done steroids just because they're on TV. Right. I I don't really like you know last time you were on, uh, you you suggested that Rob Manfred get acid thrown in his face. So you're you're you know everything going on with Major League Baseball right now is just ridiculous. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say, like, we, we kept you away for two weeks just so you won't get canceled for suggesting that uh, we throw acid in the face of Rob Manfred. It was a joke. I know. It was a joke. I uh, <laughs> didn't mean it. Just said I it. know. I know. You're, you're upset. I was playing. Look, man, I was playing the Spider-Man video game a lot, so I was throwing webs in people's faces. I think that's <laughs> that's that's what sparked it. Is it good? Is the new Spider-Man game good? No, it was the old one. Oh yeah, the, the 2002 one or the uh, the free ranging one where you could go do like Grand Theft Auto type stuff. Yes, but that's twenty. It's from 2018, not 2002. What? No, I'm I'm thinking of like the Tobey Maguire game ones. No, no, it's a different one. Oh, okay. Great. Am I just am, am, am I am I just that old that I'm referencing? You, you know, are really dating yourself if you're <laughs> if you're going back on to the old on the old PS2. <laughs> yeah. Those games were awesome. Yeah, yeah. But this new right. But well, it, it is. It, it took me a little bit to get it done, but you know, a lot of fun. Okay. All right. All right. And by the way, I didn't mean to call you out like low. I thought you actually had something in your chest that was like. Uh, <laughs> Like, like something for your ribs. I wasn't saying like you grew boobs while you were gone. I just, I thought you literally had like a pack on the back or something. You know what's funny is Lo and I did like a week's worth of shows where he just made fun of me for being fat the entire. I know. And every single meal that I had after those shows was terrible. Like <laughs> at least for the body, it was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was the, they were great meals. Yeah, Hell, man. I mean, the beefy melt burrito and the Chipotle ranch chicken, uh, whatever. At Taco Bell, you expect that to come out on the menu, and for Steven to not go after it? I just refer to myself in third person talking about you, Taco Bell. You just did. You just did. <laughs> when, yeah. when getting when getting Taco Bell. Steven. Steven. Steven needs a burrito, man. You, you could be one of those people in the commercials. That's how when I that, go When that Taco. ding happens, you just bolt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Steven Chiaro Taco Bell. <laughs> Speaking of Lowe, I got some news about Lowe, but we'll save that for later. Uh, real quick, Stephen, we'll talk about all four of these crazy divisional playoff games. But we got some big news today, and then it was kind of uh, on the forecast of happening. Sean Payton, no longer head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He is stepping down. And a lot of people are uh, expecting him to go into television and do whatever, and he'd probably be great on television. Uh, I see some people tweeting out that the Raiders should go get him. That's not going to happen. He's not going to coach this season. The Raiders are looking at, I think now they're narrowing it down between Jim Harbaugh and um, Todd Bowles, who they're interviewing today. Um, yeah, I just don't see that happening for the Raiders. I see old Raiders head coach Dennis Allen becoming the new Saints head coach, but I don't see Sean Payne enjoying the Raiders. Well, no, hasn't, hasn't, haven't we seen that getting onto these pre and post game shows, number one, is a lot less taxing. Yes. You don't have to do nearly as much uh, work as you do as a head coach. Don't get me wrong. You got to do a lot of work still, but not as much as a head coach, at least to be a good broadcaster. And number two, there's still good money in it to be made. Yeah. I mean, that hasn't, hasn't, isn't Tony Romo proof of that? Isn't that why Peyton Manning probably stays within the Monday night football booth with Eli because he can make a ton of money off of it? Isn't that why we do, isn't that why they do media in their post playing or post coaching careers? I mean, yeah. it's a, just a better option. I don't know why. I mean, you've won the you've won a Super Bowl as a head coach. You could do it with another team and cement your legacy. But I, I'd do the exact same thing. I didn't want Sean Payton anyway. Um, I'd like John. I like Jim Harbaugh, and uh, as a joke, or excuse me, John. Or wait, yeah, Jim. Good lord. And as a uh, kind of a joke, but not really. 
I want the Raiders to interview 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel because dude who Mike McDaniel who the dude is weird he is weird he is weird I was talking about him last podcast with Elon uh just because you reference Mike Jones and have you know cool viral videos talking about sweeps I understand he is a genius uh when it comes to X's and O's and he could very well be a good head coach but I don't know if he's ready for that I don't know either but he's funny and that's yeah, he's funny. He's interesting. Uh, looks a lot like Logic, the rapper. He st- yeah, he does. <laughs> he started out uh, one interview. It was before they played. Uh, oh, David Ortiz elected to the Hall of Fame. So big poppy. No surprise. Convicted for steroid use in the hall. Barry Bonds not going to be in the hall. Number one. Yeah. You be our, uh, our baseball tracker. Whenever you uh, see Barry Bonds news, just shout it out. Will do. Um but it was before the first game against Green Bay during the season, and it was a Sunday night game. And uh, Mike McDaniel does his press conferences every Thursday, mm-hmm. and he just he starts out before he let the interviewer or the the reporters talk. He starts out the interview just walking right up to the podium. Is it game day yet? Uh, <laughs> I really wish it was Sunday. I think the players wish it was Sunday too. Uh, we are just fired up for Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you're ready. <laughs> he was like just going on and on and on. It was great. Uh, now he's goofy and fun. Um, I just don't know if he's ready for that moment yet. But you know yeah. what? He could be. Uh, I think I heard the Miami Dolphins are uh, the front runner for him right now. Um, and then, yeah, like the Raiders don't have a GM right now. So they're interviewing uh, Todd Bowles. It's just Mark Davis conducting the interview. Good luck with that, man. Oh, God, I forgot about that. I, yeah. I forgot that Mayock was gone. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, no, we will we will go through all the Raiders stuff because you missed out from them getting to the playoffs to losing the playoff game to everything that's going on since then. We'll do all that on Thursday. But let's talk about these playoff games, Stephen. Real and, quick. Hang on. Yeah, go for it. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling were not chosen for the Hall of Fame in their 10th and final year on the Raiders ballot. They're expected to be on the today's game ballot in December. So there you go. So what does that mean on the today's game ballot? It's kind of like the senior committee in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay, so they still have a chance. I think there's there is still there's still more chances to get in the hall. And I guarantee you, once Rob Manfred is gone and you get a commissioner who doesn't care so much about steroid use, they're probably going to create some sort of random thing so that they could bring in guys like Clemens and Bonds. Uh, Schilling, Schilling made it known last year that he didn't even want to be involved in the hall. He just said, get my name off the ballot if you're not going to vote me in. And he could have gotten voted in. I think he had like 62% of the vote when you need 75. So yeah. uh, I, I think there's actually going to be like a, a Hall of Fame class that's created for guys like Barry Bonds. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. The outcasts of baseball? Yes, exactly. Yeah, It'll be in the back section of the Hall of Fame, like cobwebs and shit. You got to turn the light on. And yeah. like the janitor will be like, uh, this is where all the outcasts are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll say this uh, just real quick on Barry Bonds. I acknowledge that he is the home run king. He is a fantastic, uh, you know, baseball player all around. Yes, he did steroids. I don't care. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But just all of us banging on our microphones saying that he needs to get in. He needs to get in. It's not going to happen at this point. So let's just let it go. When it happens, it happens, in my opinion. Yeah. What else can you do? Can't what else control can you do? it. Can't control it. 
You can't control it. People need to stop getting angry about things that they can't control, like football games. So Saturday night uh, in the blistering cold, uh, we get the 49ers and Green Bay Packers in a game that I thought the Packers were going to win. And for 54 minutes and 19 seconds, it looked like that. Even though the, the, the Packers weren't doing much besides that, that opening drive touchdown with A.J. Dillon, the Niners weren't doing anything offensively. They just find a way to win, man. It is one of the more improbable victories I have ever seen. Just a team, you look like it's over, and all they do is just block punts, uh, and they, they win the game. And it's incredible what they've done so far. Uh, we'll get in depth with it, but uh, Stephen, your reaction to the Niners' thirteen to ten win over the Green Bay Packers? They were averaging like negative point eight yards per play at yeah. one point in the game, like in the third quarter or the second quarter. I'm just thinking, how is that even possible? And then I think they got like a they got a completion. I forgot who it was to. I think it was to Ayuk or something. Garoppolo didn't get any help from his receivers. They kept dropping everything in that first half, so I don't really uh, put that all on him. Um, man. I, I, I just go back and forth. I don't know what to think from that game. It's pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers is just like out on football. He just doesn't seem to want to win anymore. He, 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 he does just because he's in the playoffs and he's doing it for the Green Bay fans, but it doesn't seem like his heart is 100% invested in it. And that's why you had that play with – three minutes and 44 seconds left in the fourth quarter where he had Devonte uh, Adams uh, going deep on a nine route and you had Alan Lazard crossing underneath and he decides to go for Devonte Adams who clearly has a safety covering him over the top along with the cornerback and he just decides to not throw it to Lazard like that's not that's not Aaron Rodgers so I think there's something there but the 49ers just continue to find ways to win I don't know how it, it, it was every because I because I've kind of gotten used to the Niners being that winning type of football team. Like in 2019, I remember going into every game like thinking, especially after week five, week six. Oh, they're going to win. Like you, they would get on these they would get on this pace where they'd score an opening drive touchdown and they'd go. 11 plays downfield and they take 10 minutes off the clock. And it's just like, Oh, it's going to be another one of these games for the Niners again. And you know, they're going to win it. Didn't feel like that in this game, but the entire time I'm thinking, how are they going to do it? And it turns out that they do it through special teams. Yep. A, a, blunked po- a blocked pun, a blocked field goal later. And you're in the NFC championship. It's crazy. Yeah. It is absolutely nuts. Like we were all watching that game in NFL Network, and it was just shocking because, like, it it just it, it it just seemed like the Packers had it. I, and I know they were only up ten to three, but they were just thoroughly in control of that game. And I'll, I'll say this: the Packers dominated the game, but they never took control of it through the opportunities that were given to them. They had the seventy-yard uh, pass to Aaron Jones right before halftime, and they should have scored on that drive. Right. And right after that. Nick Bosa causes a fumble, the Packers fall on it, and then they block a field goal, and it's squandered opportunities for the Packers. Then, you know, like, like, like you were saying earlier, Stephen, um, Devontae Adams, he was having a huge game in the first half, and the, the Niners had a hard time covering him. And then they figured him out in the second half. They double-teamed him, and they 
forced Aaron Rodgers to go to other guys. And the Green Bay Packers can say all they want about how we love our wide receivers. You know, we got Devontae Adams, but we're happy with Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But they don't go to them in the playoffs. They don't trust them. So uh, that's why Aaron Rodgers forces that pass over the middle to Devontae Adams when he has an open Alan Lazard. And Randall Cobb was active for the game, and that's the guy that Aaron Rodgers banged the table for. Like, if I want to stay here next season, you guys got to get me Randall Cobb. And he yeah. didn't look to him at all. I thought he was going to have a huge game because I was assuming that the Niners were going to eventually take away Devontae Adams and he would be his safety net. But, yeah, the, the Packers just didn't – they didn't rely on their other guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I remember the NFC Championship game in 2019 where he said if this game was in Lambeau Field, it would probably be a different outcome. And Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, uh, it just doesn't look good in the cold. He, he has played well in the cold. I'm not taking that away from him. He obviously has had spectacular performances uh, in the snow. But when it comes to playoff football, he just doesn't look comfortable. And the Green Bay Packers don't look comfortable as an offense when they're in the cold like that. And my biggest thing is I know that the Niners special team was huge with blocking the two of the field goal and the punt, uh, the punt being returned for the touchdown and the, and the field goal before halftime. But the Packers not having A.J. Dillon – really screwed that game up, in my opinion. I think that that game was made for A.J. Dillon. Um, Aaron Jones is a great running back, but he's not the type of guy you're going to give it right up to the middle to. He's more of a scat back. Uh, he's he's versatile in so many other ways, but just like Alvin Kamara or even Cam Akers, like we saw in the Rams game, those guys are not the guys you're going to give uh, 30 carries to. And A.J. Dillon's the bigger back that can absorb the hits and go up the middle and kill the clock. And if I think that he stayed healthy – the Packers probably get a field goal or something and they win the game 13 to three. Yeah. But uh, I think it was Fred Warner. I'm not actually hundred percent sure who caused the injury, but breaking AJ Dillon's ribs was the factor in my opinion for the Niners victory. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the, the one drive in the second half where Aaron Jones should have taken over in the red zone was when they think they got to the, uh, I think they got to the Niners five yard line. I think they were second and goal, and they were from the five. Then the Packers get a false start, so they're uh, second and goal from the ten. And I think in that situation, because they ran the ball with uh, – they were they were on the seven-yard line, then they had a two-yard gain with Aaron Jones, and then the false start happened. And I think that if the false start didn't happen, they wouldn't have felt forced to pass, and you would have been running it with Aaron Jones, I think, three straight times – in that red zone because you're not going to want to pass. You haven't, you haven't shown that you want to. And then Eric Armstead gets the big sack uh, to pin him back to get the field goal. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're pinning it so much on the Packers, but just got to give the Niners credit for, for hanging in there. I don't we do. know how we do. I don't know how they did it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable every single season. And it's been a lot of fun to watch and it's been, it, and funnily enough, I mean, I don't even know if it was like the most improbable victory of the weekend. With all those games that we had, even before that, with the Bengals game, and yeah. um, then the next day with the Bucks and the Rams and the uh, uh, whoever we're thinking of, Buffalo and the and yeah. Kansas City, like there was, I, I don't know, I'm still kind of speechless from everything. I really am. But there's one issue that I do have, one issue that I did, and it set me off, and it got me to the point where I kind of did like 20 minutes on this on the 5 a.m. show. And I was like getting callers and texters to weigh in because I was frustrated by it. I don't even know who sent the tweet. Yeah. Uh, but I saw some tweet that was saying, and it got a ton of retweets, a ton of likes, 
that Jimmy G is officially worth a first rounder after these two games. And I'm no. like, no. No, he's not. I'm like, if anything, maybe he's worth a draft pick now instead of, you know, just them cutting Garoppolo for the two and a half million dollars and someone else going to pick him up. Like, I, I just I think we were overreacting a little bit to the whole Jimmy Garoppolo wins football games. Like, I, well, I just can't stand it. Here's what I'll say about that. He doesn't he win is, football games. The uh, the team did. He I know. Quarterback. I know. I know. But he he's the one that has gotten them to this position right now, man. It's not Trey Lance. It's him. I know. I know. But I, I just I, I don't get it. I don't get how you can back this guy up at every single turn because he had one good drive. I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I get very frustrated by all of this stuff about how like he's still the same guy. He's still, I still think he's the same quarterback. This is the guy that we know uh, can bring this team or at least lead the team to at least be the starting quarterback for a team that's going to an NFC championship. But damn, that team that he has around him is really good. No, he does. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I just got really frustrated by saying Jimmy Garoppolo is now worth a first round pick after these two games. Get no, no, I will agree with you on that. Jimmy Garoppolo is not worth a first round pick, but I will say this. He is worth a second round pick and he is in discussion for trade value in the offseason. I, I really think that with either the Pittsburgh Steelers or Washington or any of these teams that need quarterbacks and we'll go in depth more with it a little bit. Um I might even make an argument that you keep Jimmy, but I don't want to piss you off right now. So hold on. Hold, hold on that for discussion. But just finishing up the game, uh, David Bakhtiari uh, being injured for the game was huge. Um, I did not see that coming. I thought the Packers were getting all their guys back, and I should have read more into it that David Bakhtiari was questionable during the week. It looks like he just re-injured whatever his injury was before. I guess it was a torn ACL, but yeah, just didn't, didn't go, and, and that made a big difference in the fact that the Niners were able to sack uh, Aaron Rodgers five times. Nick Bosa had a hell of a game. On the flip side, though, the Packers' pass rush was incredible too, sacking Jimmy Garoppolo four times. And I thought the game was over when they stopped Elijah Mitchell when Trent Williams came in motion on that fourth and one and they stopped him. I was like, if they stop him there, this game's over. And yeah. the nine, the, the Pack, I will give a lot of credit to the Niners. I don't want to seem like a Niner hater. I just wish there was a Raider game we could talk about first. But we're here. So... Uh, yeah, I feel like the 49ers were outplayed for most of the game and the Green Bay Packers just didn't take the opportunities to end the game. And like I was saying with Alon in the last week's episode, the best thing for the 49ers going into this game was fear, was fear that the Packers would fail because I don't care what Aaron Rodgers said. He knows in the back of his mind, this team has kicked his ass three times. And like other great quarterbacks in the past, Peyton Manning had to overcome the Patriots. Steve Young had to overcome the Cowboys. Ken Stabler had to overcome the Steelers. Those are all set up for opportunities where you overcome that team that always plagued you. And Aaron Rodgers didn't take a hold of that opportunity. It was there for him, and he didn't do it. And they, I just feel like they panicked. After the blocked punt, they just panicked. They just like, oh my God, we, we we have to go down and score now. We have to kick a field goal to win this game. Let's not do what we've been doing the whole game and run the ball. Let's just force these passes. Devontae Adams, he's the best wide receiver we have. He'll eat up Josh Norman. Let's just throw to him deep, and it didn't work. They panicked. And in the end, it's just that the Niners are more mentally tough 
when it comes to the playoffs. Built differently than all of these other teams in the NFL now. They're not a pass-happy offense. They're a run-based offense. They are old school, and they play defense, and the majority of times that will uh, that's a winning success for playoff victories. Yeah, and, and that's where I give Garoppolo a lot of credit um, for – everything he is as a quarterback if i had to if he had to like ask me what's the number one thing about jimmy garoppolo it's not that he wins games it's like you mentioned there and kyle shanahan said it after the game about the entire team and i believe it it's that they don't really overreact to anything and the number one strength to me for the niners no matter who you're playing is the fact that you can get to the quarterback with four guys you don't need to blitz in order to do it And if you're doing it consistently, which they have done, it feels like every single game they're getting four or five sacks. Um, If you get to the quarterback and you don't even blitz, you don't leave a guy open. Let's just use um, let's use Bucks Rams, for example, where they decide where Todd Bowles decided to go with a slot blitz from the corner and just leave it wide open for Cooper Cup. You want him to be Raiders head coach? Yeah, I'm I'm kidding, but that was a bad move. Don't know why he's doing that, yeah. um, but they really don't. And you saw that I mean, even Garoppolo, like he does not overreact, even though he's getting sacked on, like he doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and and I give them a lot of credit for that. And that's what their number one thing is to me. And I actually think they have a pretty good chance of beating the Rams uh, in SoFi Stadium uh, this weekend. And I think I think they have a really good chance to get into the Super Bowl. But you just don't see it too often. I mean, hell. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year was running for his life because the Buccaneers were just constantly getting in the backfield. So if you're able to do that and you get to that opposing quarterback, there's not many other guys that can stand in there like Jimmy Garoppolo and still be confident uh, with the football. Very, just very impressive. Very yeah. impressive. And I'll get to Jimmy in a little bit here, but just finishing off with the game. Um, just 49ers, you know, their offense didn't do much for most of the game, and Jimmy didn't have a great game. He threw a bad interception to Adrian Amos right before halftime. Mm-hmm. But the offense, I don't know how they do it, but it comes up clutch when they need to. So they block that punt, touchdown, they cause a three and out, and they're set up perfectly to go win the game. And, of course, Debo Samuel on a third and seven runs right up the middle and gets it to set up a field goal. It's ridiculous. I don't know how they do this. Like, you would think in that situation, like, well, they weren't moving the ball most of the game, so, you know, we, this may go to overtime. But, of course, of course, it's a clutch situation. Robbie Gold has been hit or miss this whole season, and he makes the field goal to end the Packers' season. And I give a lot of credit to the defense. An amazing game. D'Amico Ryans deserves head coaching interviews. Because um, they haven't missed a beat since Robert Sala left. Uh, the special teams, amazing. And I know we all kind of shit on special teams. Like, oh, people say it's a third of the game, blah, blah, blah. In this game, it was. It was extremely vital. Um, and then, you know, Kyle Shanahan just getting his team mentally prepared for this game. He always does. Uh, and Jimmy. Jimmy didn't play fantastic, but he did enough to win the game. And I'll just end on this with Shanahan. Um, people can say what they want to say about Jimmy. I know that he's not the best quarterback. I know that he does the right things, but he doesn't also do the amazing things to make this team you know, an explosive offense. He's a smart player, but I understand people want more. So if they don't make the Super Bowl, uh, if they don't win the Super Bowl, you, there's an argument to be made, obviously, to have Trey Lance play next season. But if he wins the Super Bowl... I think you're running out of excuses, but I'll just I'll end on this. We have a bigger conversation about Jimmy and all that. Kyle Shanahan is an amazing coach. 
And all this talk during the regular season about whether or not he's good enough, everyone just needs to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that how you're ending it? That's how I'm ending it. Shut the fuck up. That's how you're ending it. Oh, man. I, everything surrounding that game, like the fact that it was so cold and it started snowing in the second half – yeah. You had Ebo limping off. You had Kittle limping off. Trent Williams limping off, and he ended up having an ankle sprain. Like, these guys have been battered and bruised, and yet they still find the ways to win. And I didn't even touch on it because uh, you mentioned it earlier, and I didn't even respond, but the fourth and one play. Like, that's the type of play right there where they normally complete that. Like, nine times out of ten that run is going for a yard. I think Shanahan should feel pretty good uh, about that play call. It's not like you're going to be passing in that situation. No way you want to be doing that. Although I think fans would react either way. I think it's, I think it's a tough pill to swallow when you say you made the right play call, even though it didn't work. Um, and Debo, Debo is absolutely worth whatever money they're going to throw at him. I agree. I don't know what's that going to be. I don't know what that's going to be. Um, I know that Amari Cooper in terms of, overall value i think he's making five years 100 million which is uh the most total money that's made over a contract for a wide receiver i think i forgot who is making the most average i think it's deandre hopkins who's making like 27 million a year or something like that cowboys uh, are talking about trading amari actually too what's that cowboys are talking about trading amari too because the contract's ridiculous and they don't think they get enough from him well, there, there you go. But he also has sixty million guaranteed. So I wouldn't Ooh. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Debo gets that same type of contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets five years, hundred million, with a little more guaranteed on top of that. I mean, yeah. Or you do it. You get a short-term deal because he is, after all, the the reason why we didn't think about Debo this year. All the talk was about Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk. He needs to be your number one guy. The reason we didn't talk about Debo is because of the risk of injury going back to his time in college. And that's what you do run the risk of this year. So maybe it's more of a three year deal. That's, that's upwards of, you know, $20 million a year with a little more guaranteed uh, than 60 million that Amari's getting right now. God, but whatever it is, I think he's worth it. I think you absolutely take the risk. You do not find guys like that out of nowhere. Yeah, no, I agree. He is, Probably the most versatile offensive player in the league right now. Just his ability to, yeah, just his ability to catch. He's a great wide receiver. And he, I've, I know I've sound like a broken record. It's different the way Cordell or Patterson do, does it. He is more of like a shifty, just fast speed type of wide receiver that you could play a running back. Debo is just big and physical and is equal parts great possession receiver and hard-nosed runner up the middle. Um, I've never seen anything like this. It's old-school football of guys playing two ways. Uh, I agree with you, Stephen. Um, the 49ers will have to make a lot of moves in these, this offseason if they, you know, hell, even if they win the Super Bowl, they'll have to make some moves. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Debo going forward. But just to talk about Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't run low either. He does, no, he, he doesn't he, run low. He runs like Eric Dickerson, just high and – you remember when the when we were talking about like the running back for the Raiders and we're talking about whether you know Latavius Murray can be the, be the su successor to Darren McFadden? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people's knock on him was that he stands up too high and he doesn't run low. Yes. Yep. But like with Debo and Latavius would get tackled all the time, but Debo 
he just stands up and with his six foot, 215 pound frame, he just runs through dudes. It's yeah. unreal. And then when you see him in press conferences and uh, Tommy call actually, and I did a show one time when we were talking about the 49ers roster. And Thomas we were doing- call the third. Yes. We were doing a four hour show and he said that he interviewed Debo. Really? And- oh yeah. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy went to the senior bowl and it was all about Debo. Yeah. And he like said, he said that, dude, he had this look in his eye. Like you do not want to mess with this dude. Oh, he's coming. He, Debo he, coming. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he has this, he's like, I can't explain it. I can only, he's like, you have to see it for yourself. So when I do watch him at the podium, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like Debo's just a tough ass dude. I, I yeah. how can you not like him? I think if there's, there, there's that, uh, that photo running around today, circulating the Twitter feed where it was, which one you picking? And it was four wide receivers. It was cup, Chase, Debo, and I think was Justin. I can't remember who the other one was, but it was. I think it was like Justin. Well, it was a Tyree Kill with all the remaining wide receivers in the kind. Tyree, yeah. It was Tyree Kill. Thank you. And I, I mean, all I'll, different. They're all different, and they're you know, I'd pick, I'd get any one of them, but Debo would probably be that number one guy just because he can run the football, and it doesn't seem like anyone can do anything to stop it. Yeah. I mean, Cooper Cup is an amazing wide receiver. So is Tyreek Hill. So is Jamar Chase. It's just, it's just different. Like you just what it depends on what offense you use too. Like Debo Samuel, in a different offense, is not doing this stuff. It's just the f- creativity of Kyle Shanahan coming up with this. So, well, it's uh, not really, yeah, they were they were you know short of running backs when they decided to put him exactly. In. But but I mean like but even in 2019 when they had Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, they were running with Debo Samuel on jet sweeps. So yeah. he always knew of his running ability. Uh, but just switching gears here to the Packers real quick, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to talk too much about his future because there's a whole ton of time to talk about that stuff, but just the fact that he comes up short again, goes 0-4 against the 49ers, um, doesn't have a passing touchdown. I, it just, it, you know, this guy has amazing regular seasons and then just comes up short in the playoffs. And he is, you know, for the guy that we expected him to be back in 20, uh, you know, I mean, going back to 2005 when he was snubbed by the 49ers with the first overall pick, Alex Smith gets it, and he vows from that day he'll get vengeance on the 49ers. He never did. He won a Super Bowl, but it was early in his career, and ever since then he's had massive, massive playoff disappointment. So just your reaction, Stephen, to Aaron Rodgers failing once again. Are we not allowed to talk about his future? Because honestly, well, like, I mean, I don't want to do I, 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 What's Brady going to do? What's Aaron going to do? Uh, how does it not fascinate you? It fascinates me, but not today. Let's talk about what? the games. Why not? All right, fine. We, we, what do you want to say about Aaron? There are no more games for the Packers. This is the only time we're going to talk about it. Like and, until, you know, by the time that Thursday. We have a whole offseason to talk about this shit. I know. I know. <laughs> but my number one stance is. I don't think he's going to come back. I, I I really don't know how much he loves football. If he's one of those guys, I, I, I'm not going to. Do you think he's going to retire? I think so. I'm not the. I'm not. I'm not going to act like I know the dude. Right? He's had two straight MVP caliber seasons. I'm sure he's got plenty left in the tank. Um, but from the outside looking in, he does not seem like a guy that enjoys football. Maybe at least now. Maybe that's just because mm. of his time with the Packers. But. But and I could be completely wrong about that. But the only way that you're going to be back in the good graces of fans because he's hearing it from every angle now, ever since his immunized comment, um, 
even though I disagreed with it, I had family members who were, you know, totally against Aaron Rodgers just because, um, just because of his whole stance on vaccinations and everything like that. They were, they were really pissed at him. So they wanted him to lose for that reason. And I think there's a lot of people that echo that sentiment as much as I disagree with that. But how, what do people feel about Nick Bosa? I know. Um, what I'm saying, I'm just saying like, you know, you throw it stones. No, Nick Bosa. They know I, I know. I know. But, um, if you if you told like if you, if you told a casual football fan about everything wrong with these football players, they wouldn't be a fan of any team at all. That's what I'm saying though. That's what I'm saying when like people pass yeah. off information when they're watching a football game, and you're just right. like, oh, well, if you don't like that guy, you should hear what this guy did. Right. But then, um, but then I, I really don't think there's anything that he can do to get back into the good graces of fans unless he wins another one. Because right now. The way people think about him, it's like you mentioned, he can't really do that much in the playoffs. Hasn't done it since 2009, but he's probably going to stay. He's probably going to stay. I don't think he will, but he probably will because I'm wrong about everything for the most part. <laughs> I don't know what he'll do. I just think it's interesting that we think that he, like, I understand, like, I guess in the contract, it says that he has the right to get a trade, but it's not like he's a free agent. Like he, the Packers still own his rights. So at the end of the day, I think it's going to be very hard for them to move him, but there's plenty of time yeah. to talk about that. If they're there's any so, team, bro, what, they're so screwed once he's done. Well, I know, but like, they're like so they're, they're, they're in cap hell. Like it's the same reason why Sean Payton's leaving today. Um, the writing is on the wall that this team is going to have financial struggles going forward with the cap. So if there's any time to get value on Aaron Rodgers, now's the time. Like, you know, same thing with Sean Payton. If it's a time to leave, it's time now. Cause I don't know what you're going to do with the Saints as far as like getting a quarterback and all the, you know, the money that you don't have. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. He is uh, at an all-time high of being hated when it comes to his off-the-field stuff and what he does in the playoffs. So it'll, it'll just be interesting to see what he does. I would not be the least bit surprised if he retires as well, just because it's been a hellish year for him um, through thinking that he was going to get traded to all the stuff that happened in training camp to finally showing up to the immunized stuff. I think he's just tired of everyone having an opinion on him too. So he would probably like to get away. And Steven just got away from me. I don't know what happened here. Hopefully Steven comes back. We'll see. Missed him for so long. I hope he jumps back on. Oh, here he is. Why does this happen every time? I get so annoyed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to turn it back on here. Oh, You're all good, man. You're all good. Ugh. Is it your, is your computer again? Just went off. Dude, I'm not going to mention the brand of my laptop, but it's a very popular brand. And I just got it. I am about to, well, I mean, I don't know if I can go into the actual store because of uh, COVID, but I need to get this thing fixed. Good Lord. Wait, is, it this, is this the same one you've been having that turns off? Yes. Okay, so it's not a new one. No, no, okay. but it's relatively new, all things considering. And you know what, it's on me. It's on me, I'm not gonna blame anyone else. It's on me for... Can I guess the brand? Go ahead. Windows? No. Apple? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Narrowed it down to two. Dell? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hang on. All right. Yeah. You Uh, you hop back on here. Um, Let me see. But yeah, Stephen. I can still hear you on the computer, so... Okay. Okay. Uh, So just real quick here on Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that Niner fans have gone back and forth with him all season. People want to see Trey Lance at this point. So obviously he's not ready. But don't you think this is going better than they planned? 
like the plan from the get-go was to draft uh as i hear me echoing um hold on i'll I'll kick you off of this thing hold on if i can whatever we're good i'm back Okay. okay so um yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. So the plan from the get-go was to have him play this season and have Trey sit. And fans got frustrated at times, and they wanted Trey to come out and play already when they were losing games, four-game losing streak. And things got dicey, and even I on this podcast was saying, at this point, let's see Trey already. But Kyle knows better than us, and it's not always going to look pretty. But in the end, Jimmy has got these guys to the NFC Championship game for the second time in three years. And I don't know, man, like it's, it's becoming hard to come up with excuses for this guy, like not to be a part of the team. I know that he doesn't put up the points and put up the passing yards, but he does the right things at the right time. And yeah, man, I, I just think that uh, he should get a lot more credit than, than what's been given to him right now. I, I think it's appropriate. I, I'm, oh, I'm going to be stubborn about it. Uh, the thing that's the thing, the reason why they shouldn't hang on to him next season is because, well, you want to get Trey Lance ready. Number one, the pressure's on Trey, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, at least from a fan perspective, if, if there's anything that's Josh Allen has taught us, it's that you need to be patient. Like we're all saying that this dude is not an NFL ready quarterback for the first two years of his career. So we got to give, we got to be patient with that. But the fact that Jimmy's led him to an NFC championship I don't think he's going to be a part of the team next season, but that puts a lot of pressure on Trey because if you have anything less than a than a 10-win season, people are going to be questioning it because there's a roster that's clearly built to get you deep into the playoffs. Now, Garoppolo yeah. and the 49ers, they do get a ton of credit. Like Shanahan has stayed the course no matter what the outside noise says, no matter what they did within the draft, I still even to this, to this point of the season, I still disagree with the decision. Like I still do, even though they're in the NFC championship. Um, It's a weird, it's a weird situation. Like I would if like, how, you know what saying I disagree with it is a wrong way of putting it. Let me just say, if I don't understand it, if I could go back to the beginning of the season and, and, and maybe know what I know now, I'd still even do it. I'd still do it. This team is that good. Like they're a good roster. They got a good defense. Yeah, but how good would they be with a rookie quarterback though? I don't know. Exactly. I, that's that's the point I'm making. And it's you know, people say like the Alex Smith plan that the Chiefs had. You know, you know how that turned out? They drafted Patrick Mahomes. They had a fantastic start to the season, like six and zero. Then they started losing games with Alex Smith. And then they lost in the first round to the Tennessee Titans. This has gone better than that. And now you want to get yeah. rid of this guy? I get it. He's not putting up passing yards and touchdown passes. It's very similar to like Ryan Tannehill in a way, but I think Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. And we'll get to him in a second here. But it's, it's just becoming hard. That's all I'm saying. It's becoming hard to like say, like, this guy got you to the NFC Championship game. He got you to the Super Bowl. And I understand, you know, you want to upgrade. Jerry Goff won a playoff game last year for the Rams, and they got rid of his ass. I understand. Rich Basaccia, same thing. He may be gone soon. Most likely will be. You upgrade. You, you upgrade where you're weak. And I just think it's, it's becoming difficult because Jimmy 
just fits this team very well, but they want to get better. I understand that's the whole point of getting Trey Lance. I just don't know if it's going to go as quickly as Niner fans expect to. You know what makes me question a lot, like like everything that the 49ers do, not question it, but um, I really wonder what it looks like in the film room uh, when defenses are game planning for them. Like, what are they thinking? Because I swear and again, it's not a, it's not an indictment on Jimmy, but man, their players are always wide open down the middle of the field. And it's like, they're always open in those situations. Like what does Kyle Shanahan do? What do, what kind of looks does he give them? Cause that's all Jimmy can do. Now he's had made a couple of nice throws outside the numbers. I'm not going to say he hasn't made any, but a majority of the season, it was all just down the middle of the field and it's always open. I don't know how they manage to do that. It's crazy how they're, those guys are, because you know what's coming. It's going to be a six-yard slant. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's Jimmy Garoppolo's bread and butter. I don't know how defense hasn't, defenses hasn't, haven't figured it out yet. And you know what? I'm going to stop being st- stubborn. I was wrong. I was wrong. But this is also the scenario that um, I think they wanted to play out, though, right? They wanted to play out this way, where they maybe get – deep into a, into the playoffs, go on a little run, create some value for him. Yeah. And, and just offload his contract after the season, along with the trade and maybe get something back that you don't have this year, um, which is a, what they don't have a third round pick this year. Right. I don't believe they, they do. Have. They don't have a first and second. Didn't they trade the third? Wasn't it the third for Lance? Oh, I'm not going to act like I remember everything, but uh, it was, I know it was two first rounders and a third rounder for him. Yeah. So and you get that back. I mean, look, all power to you, all power to you. But it also depends. Like if they get past the NFC championship and Garoppolo and Garoppolo has a good game, like that's the way I think it's going to have to be. If they do want to win this game, I think Garoppolo is going to have to play much better than he's played. He can, He has to throw a touchdown pass. For one thing, if he does that, I, whew, I, I think the conversation could get interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. And um, mo- most likely scenario is Jimmy is not with the team next season. But every win is kind of changing my mind on this. And it's incredible that he's won two playoff games and his stat line for this playoff run is two interceptions, zero passing touchdowns. Yeah, who'd have thunk that one guy <laughs> who had nine touchdowns with zero interceptions with like a – with like an average of a 75% completion percentage. And then the guy with no touchdowns and two interceptions is the one who gets in. Whereas the guy who threw nine touchdowns and no interceptions, that's just crazy to me. That, that definitely is crazy. And we'll get to that game in a little bit here, but let's run through these other playoff games that happened over the weekend. And it was fantastic. Like we said, the weekend was incredible, but it all started on Saturday afternoon where the Bengals went into Tennessee. And I thought this game was going to happen with the Bengals winning. I just thought that the Bengals were more, you know, it's it's kind of like the 49ers where they go in uh, with no expectations. And that those are the most scary teams. The ones that you didn't think were going to be here, just kind of sneak into the playoffs, are probably here a year too early if you're the Bengals. That, like the 49ers, just to go back to them for a second, they have beaten the teams that have expectations. And usually when teams have expectations, they get panicky, and don't know what to do. They beat the Cowboys, who always have expectations. They always got to win. And the 49ers are just happy to be here, so they beat them. Then they go to Green Bay, and of course, the Packers have expectations with Aaron Rodgers, and then they kick their ass. And then this next week, 
we'll see. We'll talk about it more. But the expectations are for the Rams, this big flashy team, to not only host an NFC Championship game, but host the Super Bowl. And they have expectations. The 49ers, once again, are just happy to be there. They're the most dangerous team still going, and it's incredible. But same thing with the Bengals. They are just happy to be in the playoffs. They have their first playoff win in 30 years. They beat the Raiders. And it was the demeanor of Joe Burrow after that victory over the Raiders where they asked him, so, Joe, what do you think about this first playoff win in 30 years? And he was like, it's nice, cool. Don't really care, though. This is not our goal. We have bigger expectations. Yeah. And it's crazy when the teams that nobody else have expectations for, they have their own expectations, and they expect to go in Tennessee and kick their ass. And it's just incredible that I've I've never seen a you know how many games in the tw- 2006 Raiders season do we see Aaron Brooks or Andrew Walter get sacked nine times and get shut out yeah, all the time exactly Joe Burrow won a fucking playoff game doing that that's incredible yeah yeah um, that front four of the Titans defense was just getting after him uh, but the but the key for me in that one and something that the Bengals were able to do that the Let's just use the Patriots, for example. They weren't able to do against Tennessee uh, before uh, when, or during Tom Brady's last season. But it was stopping Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter when it mattered. Two runs, only three yards gained on the first run, no yards gained on the first and ten. They stuffed them there, forcing Tannehill to pass. Because if, if you get positive yardage on that first down, you're in a second and – seven second and six six situation you're probably running the football again so you could get to third down and manageable and you're just running out the clock but instead they forced Tannehill to pass and then he ends up throwing the interception I can't believe that nine times Burrow was sacked and he still had a good game he yeah. still had a good game like that's a that's a if it's a 49er Cincinnati you know Super Bowl I'm not mad at that like I'm not mad at that it's gonna be a good game between the Bengals and the Chiefs but that game yeah. against see you're getting past them especially after having a first round bye Woof. Woof. dangerous yeah. titans uh every time they've had a first round bye in their history they've always lost the first game it's incredible um i thought Yikes. that they were going to use derrick henry too much and they did and i understand he's been their bell cow for so long but it was just a lot to throw on him for the first game back in you know 10 weeks he breaks his foot back in week eight didn't look great. There was that uh, two-point conversion they go for with him uh, and the fourth and one where he just didn't look as powerful as he used to be. And he's still going to be a great player. I don't doubt that. But it was just the fact that he didn't play in so long that he looked a little rusty. And, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, um, he looked worst at the worst time. Um, just throwing three god-awful interceptions. The, though He threw an interception on the first play of the game. I think the first play of the second half and then one to end the game. And it was just three interceptions at terrible times. You could say what you want about Joe Burrow getting sacked nine times. He didn't fumble any of those times. So whether it was just, you know, holding on to the ball too long, which he probably did, or the fact that his offensive line is not great. And that's the risk you run where you have a great player like Jamar Chase, but you ignore a need you have at left tackle or right tackle. So um, I think that the Bengals did enough to win that game they were just the smarter team as far as just not turning the ball over and yeah i think that this is the first of many Bengal playoff wins to come i think that they'll be a great team because of their quarterback going forward 
Yeah, the only thing that's really missing within the uh, within the AFC, um, at least within these playoffs, because I think you're going to see Joe Burrow a lot. You're obviously going to see Patrick Mahomes a lot, Josh, Josh Allen. I think, you know, as those guys stick with their teams within the AFC, you're going to be seeing them in the playoffs all the time. The only guy that's missing really is Justin Herbert. Like that's the only young up-and-coming quarterback who has who has high expectations I think you're going to see a lot with that dynamic with those four guys. I, they're the AFC's in very good hands, very good hands. And Joe Burrow, I, I, would you would you consider it? Do you think he's exceeded expectations? As far yeah, as- man, coming back from a torn ACL and MCL and getting this team to the AFC Championship game, it's it's really impressive, really cool. impressive. And Zach Taylor was on the hot seat this year. I think, like you know, whether or not this team was going to show improvement from when he was first hired. Hired and uh, yeah, the, the the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. It's it's really remarkable, um, and we'll see what happens with the Titans now. I don't expect Ryan Tannehill to be gone, but I do expect them to cause a little competition for him going forward, kind of like they did with Marcus Mariota. Whether it's a you know drafting another quarterback or picking up one in free agency, I just don't think that they can go into the playoffs again with. You know, Ryan Tannehill being so-so. And the, the reaction he had after that that field goal um, that McPherson hit, like, we, we got some strong leg kickers in the league now, too, between Daniel Carlson uh, being clutch, obviously, obviously Justin Tucker, McPherson, uh, Matt Gay, even though he came up short on a 47-yard field goal, which was interesting. But just Ryan Tannehill's reaction was priceless when McPherson hits that field goal and he just sits on the sideline like... Yeah. Ooh, that's not good for me. <laughs> yeah. No, they're going to – I don't know what Tannehill do. I don't know because yeah. you could see him make some fantastic plays. Even the Titans, maybe it's good coaching. Maybe you don't put it all in the quarterback. It's such a team game. Tannehill's another guy that you go back and forth on, you know, because if he doesn't throw an interception in that situation, then we're talking about a completely – uh, different type of dude. He had one bad game, but we've also seen him have really good games before. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that he didn't do it in crunch time. I don't know. I, I don't know. He, he was what? S- seven, eight years with Miami. It was just a, just a weird career overall uh, for Tannehill. Good enough. Yeah. Good enough. But you know what? You have a bad game and your team comes up short and it just doesn't work out. I'm not, I, I really don't know when it comes to Tannehill. He looked terrible. Yeah, it, it, it didn't look great, and um, it's interesting. Like, you know, that team was resilient all year with him playing well without Derrick Henry. Right. And A.J. Brown's a great – Yeah, A.J. Brown's a great wide receiver, but he was injured for a lot of games, and they just found other guys. Uh, Alon was telling me last week they set a record for most players played in a season with 91. It's, a, it's incredible – I feel like we never saw Julio Jones actually play, even though he, you know he showed up in spurts here or there. I don't know what his future is with the Titans going forward. Um, I think Mike Vrabel's a great head coach, and he got the defense to play a lot better than they did last season. But they got to find a way to, just like the Green Bay Packers, it's, it's very different, but have their regular season success translate to playoff success. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think Mike Vrabel can win – a Super Bowl at some point. I think he's. I think he's going to be around for a very long time. That that much I'm sure of. I'm not. I don't question Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I think he's going to be uh, leading a team at one point once he gets a, you know, a younger quarterback, one who can actually lead the team somewhere. Yeah. 
And then we go to Saturday or Sunday's games, and uh, I was expecting the Rams to kick the Buccaneers' ass. Honestly, uh, I know that Tom Brady is amazing, and he usually doesn't win in this or doesn't lose in this round. But just the Buccaneers' injuries, I thought was way too much. Um, between Ryan Jensen being out, between um, or no, uh, Ryan Jensen played, but he was hurt, and it was Tristan Wirfs that was out. Yeah. Um, and you know, Antonio Brown stuff, uh, Chris Godwin being out, Ronald Jones being out. Um, but then we heard that Andrew Whitworth is going to be out too. And that was like, okay, I don't know if the Rams can handle the Bucks pass rush, but Joe Noteboom has filled in great at left tackle and he's kind of better as a pass blocker than Andrew Whitworth is at this point in his career. But Andrew Whitworth is a fantastic run blocker. Let me just say this about the game. I know this game got crazy, and we'll, we'll go in-depth with, with it of you know how the Rams looked from the first half to the second half, but this is exactly why the Rams wanted to upgrade from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford has looked bad at times this season, I'm not denying that, throwing four pick sixes, throwing 17 interceptions. He did throw 41 touchdown passes and a fuck ton of yards, but... There are times where he looked, you know, not great, and people question, oh, is this guy as good as Jared Goff? Or, I mean, he's obviously better than Jared Goff, but is, he, is, is it going to be the end, the same end result? We're seeing the Detroit Lions version of Matt yes. Stafford now. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Pat Stafford, or whatever the fuck people want to say. Yeah. Or, or Matt Padford. I don't even know the right nickname for it. <laughs> but he's been playing excellently the last two weeks. It's excellently a word. I don't think so, actually. As soon as I, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I was like, "That sounds really stupid." He's been playing <laughs> excellent. Excellently, yeah. sound like a Ninja Turtle. He's been playing excellently, man. Oh my uh, god! He's been playing smart, excellent football. God, Stephen, you've been gone for two weeks. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me now. Um, so yeah, uh, he played smart against the Cardinals. Uh, he didn't, he didn't have any turnovers. He didn't light up the stat sheet in that game. They ran the ball mostly. And in this game, he just outdueled Tom Brady. And Tom Brady did play well, but that final drive was amazing. And I know that it was more so the Buccaneers' coverage, but him just standing in the pocket delivering to Cooper Cup, I thought Matthew Stafford played a fantastic game. And, yeah, as far as the first half, the Rams dom- dominated. Um, injuries were too much for the Buccaneers. I thought the Rams' talent was finally shown between Aaron Donald and Von Miller, and especially Odell Beckham just being, you know, kind of the go-to guy in the playoffs the last two games. Um, even though Cooper Cup has put up amazing numbers, teams have been, you know, taking him away, so Odell has been able to eat. But, um, yeah, man, I thought the Rams looked like what everyone expected them to look like in the first half, and then things got weird in the second half. I'm so happy for Stafford. Number one, because of all the just the haters and and even you know what and and for my personal well being too. When I got called an idiot football fan for thinking that Stafford's a good quarterback, who called uh, you that? Text line. Oh, I know. I'm not supposed to take it seriously, but that Plus one. Bullies on that text line. I know, but uh, but you know what's funny is even with the Rams, Sean McVay. I mean, I understand Stafford fumbled the football, but Sean McVay put him in a situation where they weren't going to win that football game. And it, and a lot of it would have been on Stafford. I mean, Cam Akers, at least among the fan bases, because Cam Akers, I mean, the dude had like 20 carries for 40 yards or something 
And he still kept trying to run the football, run the football, run the clock out instead of trying to put it away for a two-score game. I didn't understand that at all. Like, McVay, what are you doing, man? And, and, and he's lucky that Todd Bowles called that blitz on him. You know, he really is. Because if he didn't, then I don't know if we seen, we're seeing the same outcome. I think there's questions about McVay. Stafford, Stafford didn't, like, save his job. McVay wouldn't be on the hot seat at all or anything like that. Right, right, right. But Stafford certainly saved that game and saved himself from being the scapegoat when Sean McVay didn't give him a chance to win. I, yeah. I, I Look, I'm happy for him. And um, I, look, it, I actually want the 49ers to win because I want to see them go to a Super Bowl because it's 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 just I think I think it's going to create for fascinating uh, discussion. I think that uh, 49er fans are just waiting for another one since 2019. But if the Rams do win, the only person I'll be happy for um, number one is Von Miller. I'll be happy for him. Uh, number two is Aaron Donald. I'll be happy for him. But none of those guys are going to top how I'd feel for Matthew Stafford. I, I really like, I'd feel so good for that dude. Yeah. If they ended up, win- if they ended up winning and going on to the Super Bowl and playing at SoFi stadium. Like I, I, I think that'd be awesome to get to his for- to the Super Bowl for him and his first time with the Rams. Very happy for that. But man, that game is crazy. I can't believe that the bucks came back from a 27 to three deficit. Like I can't wow. believe it either. Yeah, it, it was wild, especially when everybody is like, oh, 27 to 3 lead, kind of like 28 to 3 lead with a Super Bowl with the Falcons. Let's see Brady do this. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is not going to happen. Shut up. <laughs> and of course, the Rams just start pissing themselves. Like, good Lord, between Cam Akers fumbling right before halftime after they get the interception just handed to them, Tom Brady. I thought it was a gift of a touchdown that they didn't that didn't happen. And then they just do these ridiculous things in the second half. Coop, uh, yeah, Coop, Cooper Cup fumbles. Um, Von Miller has a strip sack, and then immediately the center just snaps the ball right over Stafford's head. You don't know what the hell's going on. And then running the clock out, or sorry, I didn't even mention this, the missed field goal. Matt Gay has been an excellent kicker, and he had the game winner. But how do you come up short on a 47-yard field goal? How do you, he's got a strong leg. Like what the hell are you doing there? And like, it, it was, it was like the most, like he missed that. Holy shit. And then cam anchors trying to just run the, the, the ball out and the game out with the clock out and he fumbles it. And it, it, it sets the, the Buccaneers up perfectly. Like there's some voodoo magic that is just affecting everybody else. When Tom Brady plays, it's ridiculous. I never seen anything like it. And it was more so just the Rams just, crapping themselves than I I think than the Buccaneers, you know, coming back. Uh obviously Tom Brady, you know, it was the first half was funny to me. Like uh, I I don't doubt that uh whoever hit Brady on that play where he's his lip got busted and he was bleeding. Um it should have been a penalty. But I can't stand when Tom Brady just complains and bitches. So him screaming to the refs like, ah oh, you didn't see you didn't see me get hit right there. I was like, yeah. Good for Ed Hockey Lee Jr. to be like, you know, fuck you, Tom Brady. I'm throwing a flag on you. I was shocked that uh, when – I forgot who was commentating on that game. It was yeah, Al was, Michaels and Collinsworth. It was, it was Al Michaels and Collinsworth, right. Okay. I was shocked when they mentioned that it was the first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty he's had in his career. Yeah, because no one ever does it because Tom Brady just gets away with everything. The way he speaks to refs and all these other guys get threat flags thrown them immediately. But no, he can't do it to the man in the arena. 
<laughs> man, man in the arena. Got man, a flag thrown on him. Man in the arena. By the way, have you noticed that the last episode has not been posted? I, I, I haven't. I haven't kept up with it. I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Need to. It's the, like, like we've said in the past, the B-roll is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous show. I believe, I said this last week, uh, they haven't posted the last episode because either Brady's going to make some announcement on it about he's coming back or he's retiring, blah, blah, blah. Or, as you know, they always have a former teammate to go along with the episode. And this one was supposed to be about his first season with the Bucks. I think that Antonio Brown was in it and they're trying to cut his ass out of it now. <sighs> that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. God, Antonio Brown is acting out. Isn't he doing like an interview with Bryant Gumble on Real Sports with his lawyer? He, yep. He's he is going on HBO Sports tonight to do real sports, uh, or just HBO, but real sports. And uh yeah, he's doing more ridiculous interviews. I'm I'm tired of the guy. I, just, yeah, I, I, I don't even want to acknowledge him. Wait for that, Bryant Gumble. Good good evening. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Real Sports. I'm here with a dumbass, Antonio Brown. So uh when you took off your helmet and your shoulder pads. Were you uh, upset, or was it a cry for help? With his legs crossed. We'll be right back to the three-minute warning of the football game. Oh my! When God. he used to do play-by-play, it was the worst. I, um, I, I, I yeah, the, you're probably right with that. And pro- I didn't even notice. I, I, I yeah. didn't. I think they expected it to be like a last dance thing, where everyone is going to be talking about like all the revelations the next day. No one really cares. Yeah. No, no one really. No, cares. No one cares. Um, no, no one cares. It because because it came, uh, you know. Alon has chimed in. Leave Antonio alone. <laughs> um, was no, he back with Antonio through the through the past couple of weeks? What's up? Was Alon all on Antonio Brown's side? The no, past couple of weeks? God no, God no. He no, he was backing him up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, it's different because the man uh, last dance was during the height of the pandemic, so that's all we had. So that's what we were reacting to. It's different now. We actually got playoff games to react to, and not this stupid show. You think, um, it's, the, you think it's the end of Brady or what? Again, Stephen, we got time to talk about that shit, but no, I don't. I, I think he's coming back. I think Giselle is just, you know, busting his balls and telling him to stop uh, playing, but he's going to play. Legacy, baby. That's what I want to talk about all, all the entire time. You're wondering what we're going to talk about throughout the NFL offseason. You're like, what are we going to talk about? I'd say offseason stuff, trades, legacy. Yeah, sure. We'll, 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 legacy, do, all the baby. Yeah. we'll, we'll do all the legacy talk and I'll, I'll turn into Stephen A. Smith. Brady though, can't retire after that. It's in, it, it's impossible. Even though it's in our podcast description that we're not going to talk about legacies. We're going to do that anyway. Okay. You do that, Stephen. Do, uh, do you watch? Do you watch that SNL thing, by the way? With yes, a. I did. Uh, Chris Chris Red did a great job of doing Stephen A. I thought Michael uh, Keenan as Michael Irvin was incredible. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even hear that oh, episode. Stephen A. You can't say that. <laughs> the best part was when uh, the uh, I want to say her name is Chloe Feinstein. She played Molly Quarum, and uh, she goes. Uh, all right, everyone, we just you know, I want to make you well aware that it's 10 a.m. People are still waking up, and we're acting like a bunch of people having cocaine in the morning. And then Michael Irvin goes, hey, don't, don't invite me to a good time. Yeah, don't invite me to a good time. That was great. <laughs> uh, but just finishing up with the Rams and Bucks, um, I thought the Rams kind of like got a little lazy. Like I, I thought Jalen Ramsey wasn't really trying very hard on the Mike Evans touchdown. Um 
they they got lucky though, man. They they stopped them on fourth down numerous times. Uh, the Taylor Rapp play, and it's great. It's amazing that Taylor Rapp has come back after two years off and is playing pretty okay at safety. But like that that penalty call where uh, they they he hits Mike Evans as soon as the ball hits the ground. Yeah. And the timing of that, it, it's it's the right call, but it's just so crazy that if he hits him while the ball is still in the air, that's a different outcome of the game, maybe. Totally. But be, because the ball lands, it's the end of it's a after the play penalty. Right. Right. Totally. That yeah. that was wild. That was it was insane. wild. Everything everything surrounding it, and I think I think Jalen Ramsey was trying. He just got beat. Finally, Jalen Ramsey got beat. Gosh. I think I think it was a mix. I think it was he know he knew he was getting beat and he just let up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, nevertheless, man, I think the, the the Rams deserved to win that game, even though they were going to blow. They were just going to throw it all away, um, just because McVeigh wanted to run the clock out and he was scared of Brady. I think they're absolutely deserving of getting to the NFC Championship. I agree, but real quick, that that's a point I wanted to make with you know guys like Matt Lafleur and. Sean McVay, they are offensive geniuses. I'm not denying that. Yeah. But they have a hard time closing out games. When they're not able to run the ball or, you know, keep throwing, they just they just panic. And yeah. it's it, it's an interesting thing where like these guys know offense so well, but they just don't know game management situations where what's the best situation for us to just ice this game? Whether and I know like they missed field goals and all the fumbles and stuff, but why can't Sony Michelle come into that game and, and run the ball and, and end the game there? Sean McVay gets too hung up on this is a this is a uh, Cam Akers game. This is a Sony Michelle type of game. Like Sony Michelle, I think got one carry in that game. Like he's been more of the the ground and pound guy up the middle. Like I thought if they give to if they give it to him a couple runs, like that game's not you know as dicey as it was. Yeah, they froze up. They froze up. They they make these wrong decisions time and time again. It happens constantly. Uh, with these dudes and they'll learn they'll learn they're great play designers they're great with the x's and o's and game management i guess comes with reps uh but it's i, I can't i can't give an answer on it i, yeah. I really can't um you know certain situations where for example kyle shanahan like he's had this issue and i'm interested to see how it goes and i've never really paid attention towards to to first half timeouts like i have uh with the 49ers but it's like he doesn't call timeouts in the first half just because he doesn't want to give up an interception with his quarterback it's like why yeah. you have an opportunity to go and score and get more points on the board it's little things like that but yeah you're right if they can't run the ball then they just they they don't know what to do they don't know yeah. what to do it feels like the defense always comes out on top yeah um but yeah back to the last i mean brady gets him in position to tie the game up you know Brady was, you know, making him freak out a little bit. That it's an element of fear, the same thing the 49ers had against the Packers. But in the end, like I said, you know, uh, when we started to recap this game, Matthew Stafford had an excellent drive. Cooper Cup's been amazing. No matter, you know, how many times this guy has been double teamed or whatnot, he finds a way to get open. Just a great route. Those two passing plays to him, especially the one right down the middle. And it was bad coverage. They had Antoine Winfield on him. Just not a good matchup. And it was just reminiscent of when Stafford was like, you know, everybody get down, get down, clock the ball. It just reminded me of like so many times he did that with the Lions, with Calvin Johnson. Time. Yeah. And it was it was good for him to have that moment where he was clutch. And now some of the haters can get off his back a little bit. So kudos to the Rams. And this all sets up for a great NFC Championship game, third time between the Niners and uh, Rams.
I was but, searching for this. I was searching for this stat as you were talking. That's why I was looking at my phone and I finally yeah. found it. Uh, but besides the whole, you know, every NFC, uh, every, every NFC head coach that was still in the playoffs is younger than Tom Brady. Besides that, um, Tom Brady led teams are 95 and two, including playoffs when they get at least three takeaways. The only losses were in 2001 versus the Rams and 2014 versus the Dolphins. Mm. 95 and two. Wow. When they get three takeaways. It's yeah. Like, dude. Oh my God. And that's how improbable it was. Just like the next game that we're going to talk about. Yeah. This was God, probably the best out of all of them. And I know some people are going to say like, well, the defense, what was the defense the last two minutes? I get it. It wasn't great defense the last two minutes, even though these teams have played great defense for most of the season. But it was, I'm not going to say it was the greatest playoff game of all time because there's just been so many. And as time goes on, maybe that'll change. It was, in my opinion, the best quarterback duel I've ever seen. And it was the best two minutes of a football game I've ever seen. It was like two three-point shooters just going back and forth or two boxers. It just felt like it was, and I know football's a team game, but it literally just felt like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just answering back and forth between the two of them. It felt like there's nobody else in the stadium. It was just those two just going up against each other. And it was incredible from Josh Allen converting that fourth and 13 for a touchdown to Gabriel Davis then Mahomes throwing a 64-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill as he waves goodbye to the Buffalo secondary. Then Josh Allen comes back, and he throws a touchdown pass again to Gabriel Davis. They go for two, 36-33, 13 seconds left. That's enough time, right, Stephen? <laughs> 13 seconds. 13 <laughs> damn seconds, man. Any time is too much time, in my opinion, whether it was... 37 seconds back at week three with the Packers and 49ers, and they gave 37 seconds for Aaron Rodgers to go down the field, kick the field goal. 13 seconds. It's just so tough when you only need a field goal. Like, I get it. Prevent defense is is risky. But it would have been different if they had to score a touchdown. With just a field goal, you could just dink and dunk your way to get a field goal. And what is the defense going to do? Like, it's just tough to prevent that situation. And Harrison right. Bucker makes the field goal. We go to overtime. Chiefs win the coin toss. I mean, you think that that's just the end of the game when they win the coin toss there. They go down, to get a touchdown with Travis Kelsey, and the Chiefs win. Yeah, yeah. And, and before we do get to the overtime rules, because I do um, think – I honestly think that every opinion that people have, they're right. They're right about it. I, I genuinely think so. But Or at least the two opinions that I'm hearing, they're right on in each way. But – um, the most in postseason history, 25 points scored back and forth uh, with less than two minutes left. The previous high was 17. And, yeah, shout out to our boy Alon. Like you mentioned, uh, it was like a heavyweight boxing match where you're going into the 15th round and both these guys are tied and you're wondering who's going to come out on top and they just keep throwing blow after blow after blow. It was great. Um, but we one of the coolest things I think I've seen within the NFL was when the Eagles were playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl and you see that decision – that mic'd up moment with Nick Foles uh, going to Doug Peterson saying, I want to go with the Philly special. So they go with the Philly special. They get the touchdown out of it. They beat the Patriots at their own game. I think that's one of the coolest on-field mic moments that I've seen. And I know that this is the pay- or the, the Chiefs, and I don't like them, and I don't like the fact that they keep winning. Uh, <laughs> but that moment with Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes 
saying that, look, I'm going to, I'm not going to run the the route that we planned for this specific play. I'm going to run in here. And, and, and if I get this coverage, that's what I'm going to do. And then you hear Patrick Mahomes on the field, literally telling Travis Kelsey to do it, to, to not run that specific route. That's a damn cool moment, man. Yeah. That's a, such a cool moment. I've never wanted to hug a football player like I did with Josh Allen at the end of that game. That man needed a hug. I'm a good hugger. That man needed <laughs> a hug. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, Josh, bring it in, bro. Come on. Come on. I'm not like, dude, I felt you, so bad for him. Do, do you wrap around and bring your bodies in or do you do like the head tap at the end where like, like bodies like out? Oh, it depends how close I'm feeling to the person. Yeah. Like Josh Allen, I would have probably just kept it all body. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe go to the head at the end. A little you know? caress of the head, a little caress. A little caress, like a little, 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 little tap. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I, I would have given him a big old hug. Yeah. Uh, you but, don't want to make it creepy and weird like uh, Larry David uh, hugging Mindy Kalen back in uh, Curb Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, what the hell, man? But but not only was it Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, but got to give a shout out to Gabriel Davis. I mean, yeah. that I, I know Tyreek Hill in that speed that he has. It speed kills and, you know, throwing the peace sign up or whatever. But that route that Davis ran, I think it was on Charvarius Ward when he got him flat on his ass mm-hmm. with a little head movement kind of reminded me of Amari Cooper a little bit. Amari Cooper has some of the cleanest routes that I've ever seen. It's because of his head movement. Right. But when I saw that with Gabriel Davis, it was like, you know, everything <laughs> about that, that final sequence, it wasn't just Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes to me. It was Gabriel Davis and Tyree kill. Like just watching those two go touchdown to touchdown. I think that was awesome. And yeah. it, is, it was Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, whatever. But still, it was it was unreal. And then, you know, they answer in overtime and all that crap. And the Chiefs are probably going to go on to the Super Bowl again. It's going to be yeah. against the Bengals, but I think the Chiefs have a pretty good uh, pretty good chance of winning against them. Uh, so I'm not feeling too great. But got to give them credit. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch Mahomes and Josh Allen or Mahomes and Burrow, Mahomes and Herbert. It's going to be fun watching these these guys go toe-to-toe within the AFC. Again, the AFC is in very good hands, but I don't think we're going to see anything like that again. I just know. Well, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Like, this could be a recurring thing where it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes slugging it out every year like Brady and Manning. But I will say this about Josh Allen. I think that he's an incredible quarterback. Oh. Um, and this this loss is painful. Um, it's it's always painful, like for the city of Buffalo, just because they're they're so diehard and they care about football so much. Obviously, with throwing dildos on the field during the Patriot game, but uh, it's good to see that again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was incredible. Like Josh Allen just has become, in my opinion, one of the best quarterbacks in football. He he's in the elite conversation, I would say. So and it doesn't have to be because of what he's accomplished in the playoffs. I just think that he has an, he has elite talent as far as a passer, as far as an athlete, his mobility. He is just a fantastic uh, player, and they probably will lose Brian Dable because he'll go probably coach the New York Giants. But I think going forward, this is going to make the Buffalo Bills a stronger team. I know it's heartbreaking, and the city of Buffalo deserves that team to win. With 13 seconds left, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. But I think this is only going to motivate them going forward to be a greater team. And they got to improve some stuff. Obviously, they had some shitty losses this year from the Jaguars game, um, getting steamrolled by the Colts. 
if they won more playoff or if they won more games the regular season, they may have hosted this game and it's a different outcome. So I think going forward, the Buffalo Bills need to embrace that they want to have home field advantage going forward, that they want teams to come to Orchard Park where it's going to snow and they're the better team going forward. And hopefully in that in those situations, they learn how to run the football because it was a fantastic back and forth going back and, uh, back and forth between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just lighting it up, going through the air. I always get angry with the Buffalo Bills offense because they don't run it enough because they play in the snow. But I think that that team is going to be incredible going forward. And I guess it's time to have this conversation about overtime rules. So, Stephen, say what you got to say. You think that you're in agreement with everybody about how this shit needs to change. Well, it does. It no doubt. But I also agree with the people who are telling the defense to get a stop. Yeah. Even, the, even though I think the, you know, the fact that the rule is wrong in the first place, I think you have a good argument there. But it is the rule right now, and it most likely will get changed. Like, it, it, it will. People, I, I haven't seen. This offseason, though? Maybe. I mean, they, we've seen the NFL be so quick to do it like they were with the Saints and the Rams. They tried to, you know, check pass interference calls and review them just because of what happened in that game. I think they could be that swift. The NFL doesn't want to be like baseball, where they get to the point where they have a CBA agreement every four years and they just decide to not make any changes. The NFL is swift on that, and I think they're going to do that uh, with overtime. I just don't know how to fix it, though. Like, so so what? He goes back, he scores a touchdown, you just give the team the ball back, and if they tie it, they tie it, and you just keep it going. I don't want it to be one overtime. I, I wouldn't mind it that way. Just have it play out like a regular game. Like, just, you know. Go, like a full 15 minutes and just play the full 15? Yeah, and then just go back, or not even that, just – Give the other team a chance to match whatever the first team does. Yeah, so I agree with that. If they score a touchdown, all right, so be it. The Bills get a, a chance to score a touchdown if they want to tie the game. And if they're feeling saucy, they could go for a two-point conversion Ooh, and even win the game if yeah. they want to do that. I mean, it wouldn't be smart to do that, but they could do that. If the Chiefs, they, they win the toss and they you know they kick a field goal, then the Bills got to have to have an opportunity to kick a field goal as well. But if the Chiefs don't score in that situation and the Bills get the ball back and they do even get something so much as a field goal, then I think that, you know, the Bills could win that game. I think that's the type of way you could you could change overtime. Just, I don't know, not letting the other team get the ball back. It just it just felt wrong in that situation. I this is my opinion on it. I just your opinion, man. Just my opinion, but I feel that, you know, we, we knew the rules coming in the game, so the outcome is the outcome, and we can all complain about it, but we knew the rules coming into it. it it's not going to change. Um, I don't think it's going to change this offseason. I think there's a lot of things that have to go into the CBA for that to happen. This was the same thing that happened uh, three or four years ago when it was the uh, Patriots and Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, right. and Brady went right down the field and scored, and Patrick Mahomes never had a chance to answer back. We all were saying how the overtime rules suck back then, and hopefully things change. It didn't change. I hope it changes because I hate ties, as you know, and regular season ties bother the crap out of me. You won't get those in the playoffs. But as far as playoff overtime rules, I would do this. This is how I would fix it. We play a full 15 um, if it needs to be. So let's just say how. So, so let's have the outcome play out the way it did. So Chiefs score on their first possession in overtime. I would give the Bills an opportunity to answer back. If they manage to tie the game, then the game keeps going and we keep playing the full fifteen. Um, if I, I don't like it, where the rule is set up now, where 
if one team scores on the first possession, the other team scores, then if the first team scores again, then they win. I don't like that. I think a team should always have an, a, a time to answer back. So if we go through a full 15 minutes of playoff overtime and the game is still tied, then we go to a no-kick overtime. And, and this is what I would do. No kicks. We're not doing touchbacks. We're not doing kickoffs. We're not doing punts. We're not doing extra points. What we would do is, in this scenario with the Bills and Chiefs, so let's say that it's tied up 42-42. We go to a second OT. The Chiefs start on the 25-yard line. They have an opportunity to go score. They can only do that by scoring a touchdown. You cannot punt. You cannot kick a field goal. The only way you can score in overtime is by just running plays and not kicking an extra point. You have to go for two. So let's just say the let's just say the Chiefs get stopped on like a fourth down. Then the Bills are set up in Chiefs territory and they can win the game by scoring a touchdown. That's how I would do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have this. I know. I know the way I'm explaining is kind of complicated, but basically there'll be no kicks in that extra quarter of football. Okay. You would. You would just play it where you put the teams on the 25 yard line, their own 25 yard line. And then if they're able to convert fourth downs and, and then score, then they win the game. But if you can't convert on fourth down and then the bills get the ball back and then in chiefs territory, then they get the chance to win the game by scoring a touchdown. It can only be a touchdown. It cannot be a field goal. God, you're going to have a lot. You you could have a game that goes for a long time. I know. I know it would probably be nuts. You're saying though, like, are you saying that you're doing the 15 minutes in that first overtime regardless? Or are no. you saying, you're saying if the team matches what yes. they did the first drive, then you go yes. uh, till, the end of, till the end of that 15. Okay. Yes, we keep playing, and then you have a no-kick quarter is basically what I'm calling it. Right. Right. I think, the, then NFL, if- I think the NFL just needs to turn into that. No kicking at all. Regular season, all the time. Every, every game, all the time. Take away punts, take away kicks. You got to score a touchdown. This is this is elementary school flag football that actually is tackle football when yard duty's not looking. You know. <laughs> and so you want that all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of playing. So, so, so you basically want the AAF, the AAF to come back? Correct. Yes, which was a great Correct. league. It, then, and Stephen, we'll have so much to talk about in the off season because the USFL is coming back in April. Go fleet, go. <laughs> Not the fleet. San Diego fleet, baby. No, that was the AAF. Were you what? Oh shit. The USFL was like we're gonna have the old team names like uh, the San Antonio Gunslingers. Or Alexander Scott knows all the names. I'll I'll, I'll get all the USFL names. I am not surprised by that. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know the USFL team names. I don't know any of that crap. But um, oh boy. the Houston Gamblers. Oh my God, I like I, I like your way. I, I just hopefully that game ends after the first OT because good lord, that can get draining if they don't make any kicks and nobody closes out that game. Like it's a, it's, just, it's just a quicker way to end the game, though. Right, right. I I do agree that as long as you give the other team a chance to get the ball back and match whatever you do on that first drive, I'm good with it. So wait, if let's just say the Chiefs kicked a field goal. And they go up by three points, and the Bills score a touchdown. Would that that game would be over in that situation? Or this is in the first overtime. 
Yes. Or would yes. you, you so yes, that, the, yes, the game will be over. And in okay. my opinion, that's, that's more than fair. Cause the chiefs had a ta- had a chance to score a touchdown. They didn't do that. The bills did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, K I S S keep it simple, stupid. Mine is more simple than yours. I like my idea better. Fine. Fine. Steven, you do that. <laughs> You re- I've just been waiting. I've just been waiting for two weeks for you to disagree with me. You really have thought that through, though. I'm a. I, I like it. You need some pool at the NFL Network. Do you have any pool there? I have zero pool. <laughs> I have zero pool. I'm just the guy pulling B-roll for the game for the shows. <laughs> Did you have to work any of the games this weekend? Oh yeah, dude, it's fun. I you know, uh, I go in on. Now you don't have to work like Jets Falcons or something. Exactly. No, I mean like I you know I I sit and we watch the games and. We cut B-roll for the games, but for the most part, it's just being paid to watch football. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Could be worse things. Could Um, could be worse things. Do you think – because this was the first time since 2009 where we're not seeing Brady and Rodgers in a championship game for either conference. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that that's going to be something that's prevalent with – the quarterbacks now, do you think it's going to get to the point where you're going to get like a, you know, Patrick Mahomes makes an AFC championship every year and one quarterback makes it in the, within the NFC every year, because I, I we're so used to these guys, the same rotation of quarterbacks being in the playoffs year after year, after after year, uh, maybe it, it, it all has to do with the amount of quarterbacks that are coming in, but I, I, I don't see it being like that. I see there being a lot more, um, I guess parity within the playoffs going forward, as opposed to what we've been seeing these past years, which is just, all right, we're going to see Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers, Tom Brady, Joe Flacco, and whoever the, hell, whoever the hell else I'm trying to think of here. Um, yeah. That's in the AFC every single season. And then in the NFC, it's no longer going to be, you know, just Aaron Rodgers and I don't know, Drew Brees and yeah. all those guys who are normally mainstays within the within the playoffs. I think it's going to be different. Uh, it, it might be, but considering that the Chiefs are in their fourth straight AFC championship game and hosting it, yeah. uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes has become a staple for the AFC championship game. So I agree with you, though. Like, there's a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs even that I think could be you know, great teams going forward, the Chargers with with uh, Justin Herbert. I know people don't like Carson Wentz, but I think that they could be a great team going forward. Um, it was crazy, though. For like a, like a 10-year stretch, you're right. The AFC Championship game either had uh, Brady, uh, Manning, Roethlisberger, right. or Flacco. I think like the last guy not amongst those was Rich Gannon in 2002 and Steve McNair. Um <laughs> Mark it's crazy, it's crazy to think about. It. Yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah. Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez too. Um, <laughs> and I'll say this: Brady not being in the championship game is refreshing, absolutely yeah. refreshing. I like the fact that we have Matthew Stafford, someone that's never even won a playoff game before, in there now up against Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not, you know, it's, it's not going to be a quarterback duel between Stafford and Garoppolo. It's going to be basically uh, McVay versus uh, Shanahan. Yeah. Um, but it, it, if 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 you're gonna have your four divisional games in the AFC and it's gonna be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and uh, good Lord Joe Burrow every single season, like I'm yeah. not gonna be mad at that. <laughs> like I think you could just see those. Well, four what about guys. Derek Carr, Stephen? Well, it depends. I don't know. Like, I don't know with Derek Carr, man. I don't know. And that's a tease for the next episode. Ooh, yeah. So, so next time uh, we come back on on Thursday. 
we'll go more in depth with kind of breaking down the conference championships. Uh, Steven has been gone for a couple weeks and we'll get his thoughts on how everything ended with the Raiders season and what's going forward as far as the GM search, Jim Harbaugh, Derek Carr's around. And hopefully, I did get a text back from him today, but hopefully things get a little crazy, crazy. And Lorenzo Neal joins us on the next episode. From his car. From his car, probably. <laughs> Driving on I-5. Yeah. I may need your I, I may need your help there to wrangle him in to make sure he stays focused. <laughs> um he's, he's gonna comment on my weight as soon as we hit. I'm gonna try <laughs> and, get, and I'm I, sorry. I literally thought that you had like something in your shirt. That's why you're saying your ribs are cracked. No, nah, my moves are big. That's it. It's okay. Dude, the I need to get a higher chair though. This has been bothering me the entire time. I don't know if you can tell, but I've been very um uncomfortable through the through this show. Yeah, but you got you got you got a nice like uh, backdrop now. I know this actually came from Kevin Durant's house. I stole it. He still has oh. for him and Steph. Uh, he he yearns for those days. Well, yeah. What what is that picture? Your head's kind of blocking it. It's a uh... KD and Steph game three in the twenty seventeen finals. Oh, nice! What a time! What a time, man! Hey, who'd have thought we'd be here now, right? <laughs> who Not me. It? Not me. Uh, Paul Rudd. Um, real quick, Stephen, uh, you missed our conversation about Clay Thompson coming back. Uh, have you? Th- have you? I know you made fun of the Warriors to start off the show that they haven't been looking as as good since you have not been on the podcast. But uh, yep, they're going to show it tonight against the Mavs. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, what, what do you think of how they played lately with uh, with Clay back and them trying to find their groove again with Draymond being out? Oh, that's that's the hardest part, though. They're not really in a groove with Draymond being out, and you know. Steph's slump, whatever. I think, like, uh, <laughs> I, I just I'm at the point with Steph where, like, I'm never gonna say, like, sure you could say he's in a slump, but I'm not gonna say this is how he's gonna play for the rest of the season. No, like, definitely I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna think he's gonna be a 32 percent shooter from three like he's been ever since that damn game against the Blazers, where everyone is expecting him to put up 16 threes. To yeah. Be- record like ever since then it's been going downhill i'm not worried about steph at all i'm really not worried about the team at all no me neither i'm not this is just this january basketball man sometimes guys just you know the the warriors already got a already got a shot at the playoffs and they've been in this situation before it's just it's january man january basketball these things happen you can't expect them to be playing at that high of a level for all 82 games and that 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 game against the Rockets, though, that was sick. Um, yeah. Steph hitting his fr- – it's crazy that he hit his first buzzer beater after the buzzer, like in his career. Right. It's crazy to think about. Maybe that's what led Max Kellerman to saying, Andre Iguodala, he'd rather have him take the final shot than Steph. Ugh. But, stick to rapping, Max Kellerman. Stick to oh, rapping. Oh, but that step back from the mid-range, it was, it was beautiful. Loved yeah. It. And and he has like and Zaza Pachulia was on the the morning roast on ninety five seven earlier, and he mentioned Zaza like, Pachulia. Exactly. He said, "Look at Steph's look at don't look at his shooting numbers." And he's like, "Just look at the assist to turnover ratio in these games where he's been struggling." And then he, it, it was like thirty nine assists to six turnovers or thirty six assists to nine turnovers. So he's contributing in other ways and just shooting the basketball. He's having a struggle shooting, but 
I'm not worried about it. I mean, you're a Warrior fan too. You're, I guarantee you, you're not worried about it. Not worried about it at all, man. It's peaks and valleys of the NBA season. It's a long, long, hard season. Draymond will be back. He just got a little back issue. Hopefully it's not serious. Um, it's kind of sad that, you know, they lost to the Pacers with their B team on the court, and it takes a buzzer beater to beat the Rockets. But they had a great game against the Jazz, and, you know, sometimes things go your way with a ball not landing in. And we'll see what happens tonight with the Mavericks. Uh, I don't know if Clay's going to play, but it's nice seeing his face again. And it was nice seeing your face again, Steven. Thank you for coming uh, back, sir. Of course, man. Of course. It was glad- I'm glad to be back. Actually, you know, well, while we're here, let's just look up the latest with Clay because he was questionable. Yeah, I am curious. Back, and I'm looking at it right now. And Anthony uh, Slater got anything? <laughs> the, tre- the, trending, the trending topic is Clay Thompson, but Thompson spelled without a P. Mm. The hell? 50 yeah, people? 50 people? Come on. Uh, nothing from old A. Slater yet. Yeah, nothing nothing yet. Nothing yeah. yet. Yeah. All right, so, we'll see you tonight. So yep, we'll see you tonight. And we'll see you guys back on Thursday with hopefully Lorenzo Neal if he, uh, you know, I love I love when he texts, sure, and then nothing after that. <laughs> it's like an interview. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's interviewing a guest. Hits you with the sure. And on that note, man, it's good having you back. Say what you always say, my friend. That is just our hit, man. How do I end this thing? All right. All right. Here we go. Bye-bye.